it's now time for discovering Jesus from beginning in. This is where we look at an Old Testament passage and a New Testament passage, and we show how they point to each other, but more importantly, how they point to Jesus. And so we're continuing on in the book of Mark, and then we'll also be in Psalm 89, 1 through 4. And so from Psalm 89, I will sing about the Lord's faithful love forever. I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations with my mouth, for I will declare faithful love is built up forever. You establish your faithfulness in the heavens. The Lord said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn an oath to David, my servant, and I will establish your offspring forever and build up your throne for all generations. And then from Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, it's a story about the garrison demoniac. Really incredible story of a hopeless situation, and then Jesus intervenes. They, the, Jesus and the disciples, they came to the other side of the sea, to the region of the Gerasenes. As soon as Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs, and no one was able to restrain him anymore, not even with a chain. And because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but he had torn the chains apart and smashed the shackles. And no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he knelt down before him and he cried out with a loud voice, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you before God, don't torment me. For he had told him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? Jesus asked him. My name is Legion, he answered, because we are many. And he begged him earnestly to not send him out of the region. A large herd of pigs was there feeding on the hillside, and the demons begged him, send us to the pigs so we may enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd of about 2,000 rushed down the steam bank into the sea and drowned there. The men who tended them ran off and reported it to the town and the countryside, and people went to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessing, he was just sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were all afraid. And those who had seen it, who had seen it described to them what had happened with the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs. And so then they begged Jesus to leave their region. And so as Jesus was getting in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him earnestly that he might remain with him. Jesus did not let him, but told him, go to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you, and how he has mercy on you. And so he went out and he began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And they were all amazed. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word, and that by preserving it, we may know you, and we may learn to love you better. Would you help my words to be beautiful and true and right this morning? I ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen. Uh, if you're not a big sports fan, I just have to tell you, sometimes they could just be a kick to the face, you know? Like you had a perfectly good Saturday and then you don't because three hours of people you've never met just failed you, right? And it's also why we love them. Like it's part of why we love them too. And, and I always say this is why we've got to play the whole game because sometimes it just doesn't turn out the way you think it will. And ESPN, they do this really cool thing where during the live event, you can track this bar that'll tell you the percent chance that the team's going to win. And it goes up and down based on that. It's like zeros in the middle, so everybody has a 50-50 and goes up and down. It's pretty incredible, and you can watch it, right? You can also watch and dread as your team's bar just comes crashing down. You're like, oh, no. And perhaps like the craziest flip I've ever seen in the last year was during the Iron Bowl, Alabama-Auburn. 
Auburn's up. It's one of those big rivalry games if you're not into sports. Big games. National championship implications are on the line. And Auburn is up. And it's 43 seconds left. And it's fourth and goal from the 31-yard line for Alabama. And Auburn has a 99% chance of winning. And Jalen Milroe, the quarterback for Alabama, does the impossible, and he throws a touchdown. And you can literally, it's in my phone, I took a screenshot of it. It goes from blue 99% to red 99% in one play. And you're like, if that ain't a kick to the head, I don't know what is. And of course, the cameramen love to just scan the audience. I'm so grateful we didn't have that technology when I was in college. I mean, the amount of times I'd have been like, I know I would have been a meme so fast. And if you're watching this scene, this demoniac scene, and you want to pretend like it's a sport, it's a little bit like Alabama. There's a 99% chance it's not going to go well for this man. Everything is going the wrong direction. He's down bad. 99% chance his life doesn't work out with flourishing and goodness. And then here comes the X factor. If you know sports, there's always an X factor. All of a sudden, we see the X factor. It's a quarterback who's never lost and a team built on destiny, which is Alabama, unfortunately. <laughs> All of a sudden, Jesus walks on the scene. He's undefeated as a quarterback, and he belongs to a team that's never lost. And suddenly, we see in this story, just like with Alabama, there's no hopeless situation if time's on the clock. 43 seconds, we'll take it. And we see in Psalm 89, right, it says God's faithfulness is forever. And if you've read through the Old Testament, there are so many situations in the Old Testament that shouldn't have worked out. And they do. Despite all odds, a, in, in, enslaved people, like we just sang, shouldn't walk out of Egypt with all of Egypt's riches. Right? We shouldn't live in the lion's den and suddenly walk out of there unharmed. There are so many situations when you're on the team of destiny. And so suddenly we have a quarterback who's never lost and Jesus and a team on destiny and God's faithfulness is forever. And we realize as long as there's time on the clock, there's always a chance for a Hail Mary. I realize that's also a religious term. Sorry. And so what does this mean? You think I'm going to get on my FCA knee and tell you, bet on Jesus, put Jesus in your huddle, right? Because that's what I'm wired like. How many times have I said that as a college sophomore? Meant too many. That's not what I'm going to tell you. Instead, I'm going to tell you, this isn't a football game. This was a man's life. And the townspeople, they miss it. Sports are fun because they're not real. Sports are fun and you forget. It's not real until someone actually gets injured and then you remember, oh, gosh, that's a real person. I'm so sad. Sports are just entertainment. But when you're reading these Bible stories, it's, it's not Alabama, Auburn. This is a man's life where he was being tormented day and night, and he begs Christ to save him. And he's been in a hopeless situation, and Christ does just that. He saves him. And the townspeople beg Christ to leave. Maybe they forgot this isn't a game, but instead this is a man who has been living a life of great pain and exile and brokenness. And instead of seeing this moment of great compassion and celebrating and throwing a feast and celebrating all that Jesus can do, they put their fears ahead of their compassion and they beg the Son of God to leave. That's not a game. Don't you wonder if there were other sick people in the Decapolis maybe thinking to themselves, but I don't want them to go. 
if he can help him, can't he help me? Why are we begging him to go? Why is our fear more important than our compassion? So what's my, so what's my actual so what? Yesterday, I, I have a podcast. I know I don't talk about it, but here I am. I have a podcast. And on the podcast, we interviewed a gal who had made an Instagram post that didn't go viral, but it, it gained some traction where she says, sometimes I just feel like I'm the wrong kind of girl in church. I don't dress the right way. I don't talk the right way. I shouldn't wear my baseball cap so backwards. I don't fit. And they talked about this book about why, and particularly single women are leaving the church. And single women are leaving the church because in the words of this scholar who studied it, she says, you have to be Scandinavian Barbie. Blonde hair, blue eyes. So far, I'm doing good. Hold on. Five foot ten. <sighs> Missed it. You got to work fearlessly in a nonprofit until you get married, then you have to quit, and you have to homeschool your four kids, and then you fit in the church, is what she says. And so the author of the post said, I just don't feel, I feel like I'm the wrong kind of girl. And we, ended, we always end our podcast with last words. And they said, what do you want to say? And I try to always be pastoral in these moments, because some of these conversations, they can be really hard. And that's a hard way to feel that you don't belong in church. And I said, well, the good news is if you feel like you don't belong, if you feel like you're the wrong kind of girl, then you have great solidarity of Jesus who was constantly being told he was the wrong kind of savior. You're the wrong kind. Can you leave our town? You're supposed to fight Caesar, not die, according to Caesar's army. Like, you're supposed to rise up in power, not turn the other cheek. You're supposed to do these things, Jesus. Even his own hometown says you're not the kind of savior we want. And so my big so what for us in this story is this, is I think this is a twofold story. It means, one, if you're down bad, if you're down bad, if you feel like that demoniac and you are down bad, there's no hopeless situation when touchdown Jesus shows up on the scene. But maybe you're not down bad, but instead you just feel like you don't belong. And you feel like people around you don't want good for you. Maybe you just feel like you're the wrong kind of man, the wrong kind of woman, the wrong kind of whatever. You feel rejected and wrong. And then I have to tell you, the same Jesus who will rescue you when you're down bad is the same Jesus who understands what it's like to constantly show up in the world wrong. But the good news is he makes all things right. And so that's my encouragement to us is so much of this story is really incredible, but perhaps the most incredible part is when the city sends him away. Maybe you've been rejected and sent away. And if so, I just have such good news for you. You have an empathetic high priest who comes to people just like that and says, you belong to me. You do belong. I hope St. Jude is a place of deep belonging. But even if we fall short, I hope you know that in God and in Christ, you belong. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word and by preserving it. What an incredible story of rescue. And what an incredible story of rejection. And God, you are still the same yesterday, today, and forever in those moments. You rescue, you suffer rejection, and you're there for those who need rescuing and who need belonging. Would you be that for us this morning, Lord? We ask all of this in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen.